Hello and welcome to the Top Tutor Podcast, where we share insider information from the world of elite tutoring to help your students get the best results both academically and in life. I'm your host, Nathaniel Dahlquist, the owner and head tutor at Grove Prep. I've been a tutor since I graduated from Yale in 2015 and focus primarily on standardized test prep and college admissions. Joining me is my co-host, Alexander Friedman. Alex worked as a software engineer and a researcher before founding Brooklyn Math Tutors in 2008. Since then, he has used his experience in math and computer science to hire some of the best STEM tutors in New York City. Hi, Alex. Hello. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to help parents get the answer to a question that we've heard for a long time. I've been hearing this question essentially forever, and that is, should my students take the SAT or the ACT? So I'll, I'll give a bit of my background. Um, when I took the SATs, the SAT, the ACT did already exist, but it wasn't very popular. So it was a pretty easy choice. You just took the SAT and that was it. And there were just a few schools that accepted the ACT. And then as time went on, the ACT got more and more popular. And at some point, schools, all schools accepted it. And now you had a real question of which one do I take or do I like go hero mode and like take all of them? And like, how do you go about this? How do you decide? What a great question. So let me give the super brief like answer in a nutshell, which is it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter which, te which test you decide to take. They are basically equal in the eyes of colleges now. And there, there really is no preference or difference that I have seen. Uh, every, everything is, is weighted evenly. It doesn't matter which test you take. There are differences between the tests, however. So that's really the question is, should I take one or the other? First of all, you don't need to take both. I took both when I was in high school because... Uh, it, sort of similarly, I I didn't know if somebody would prefer one of the other ones, so I took both of them twice. I took I took the SAT twice and the ACT twice, and basically got the same score, which is not surprising because that's what the data shows. Uh, usually happens is without significant studying in between, scores usually stay the same. They don't move much, uh, even if the tests are slightly different. Um, and so, but these days you really only need to take one or the other, whichever one you're more comfortable with. So I will, I'll give a pretty brief breakdown of each test. Uh, a lot of this can be found. There's a, there's a clearer breakdown on my website, groveprep.com that I've, where I've really like, like sunk my teeth into what the actual nitty gritty differences are. So both the SAT and the ACT are four sections each. The SAT has an English section, a reading section, a math no calculator section, and a math calculator section. The ACT has an English section, then a math section, then a reading section, and then a science section. So there are, the only real difference between them is that the ACT is all calculator for the math, and the science section is only on the ACT. However, the SAT does have science questions peppered throughout. They're in the math sections and in the reading and English sections as well. The reading section mostly. And there is like a little science subscore that I just, I don't really think it matters very much. Uh, but basically the SAT is out of 1600 points, 800 for reading and English put together, 800 for the two math sections total. 
to, uh, for a total of 1600 and the ACT is out of 36 and each of the four sections on the ACT is scored out of 36 points and then they're averaged together so you add the four sections and divide by four and that's your ACT composite so if somebody tells you I got a 32 on the ACT that's what they're talking about it's those sections added together and divided by four the other structural difference is that the ACT can have a writing component. I do always recommend that my students take the ACT with writing if they can. It's a fifth section on the end, and basically it's scored out of 12, at least it is currently. So you have two readers who give you a total of six points each. You add those together. and. To be totally honest, I just don't think that that essay score matters very much because if I'm a college, what am I going to prefer to look at? Am I going to prefer this arbitrary score out of 12 or am I going to read the essay or essays that you wrote for me <laughs> and use that to judge your writing ability? Uh, the, the SAT does sometimes have a super fun fifth experimental section uh, that they use for data collection. And oh my goodness, do I have students complain to me when they get that section five on the SAT. They come back to me after they took the test and they're like, there was another section. It's at the end and it's not graded. It does not affect the score. It's just for them to collect information on the questions. So other than those two, or like those structural differences, what the tests test you on is the same. It's basically English and grammar, uh, like, like literally how do you use a semicolon and that type of thing. The reading comprehension is you read a passage and then answer questions about the passage. And then the math sections test math up through pre-calc. So every once in a grand while, there will be a pre-calc-ish question on there. Like sometimes there's an ellipse question. Sometimes there's a trig identity question. Uh, and you do need some trig for the exam, uh, for both either of the exams, but not a lot. It's mostly algebra one, geometry, algebra two. And the thing I've always found with every single student I've ever had is that a lot of the math, they're like, wait, but I learned this in like seventh or eighth grade and I don't remember it anymore. And that's one of my primary jobs is to just help them remember the math that they learned in like eighth grade. And it's usually very simple. It's pretty easy. It was just a long time ago. And so that's that's one of the primary things that, that I help with. Now, there's one there's one other difference that I tell parents about, which is and I so I personally prefer the ACT to the SAT hands down for this reason and this reason alone. The SAT sometimes has questions on the reading section that are linked together. So for example, question three might say like, uh, it will ask you a question and what's, what's the answer to this question? And then question four, the one right after it is, which lines best support the answer to the previous question? So you basically have to do those questions together. They're much easier to do together because you have to, you can find support for the answer. Uh, like within the actual passage, but I don't like those questions because if you miss one of them, you probably miss both of them because you'll either pick the wrong answer and then get the wrong support, or you'll look and find the wrong support and then choose the wrong answer based on the support you found. So that's the, that's pretty much the exclusive reason why I prefer the ACT. I think those questions are quite tricky. I also love that the ACT math section is the only section in all of the tests 
that goes relatively in order from easy to difficult. So the math section of the ACT is 60 questions and the last 10 questions are the hardest. So I always focus with students on getting the first 30 correct because those are all easy and medium questions. And then it's easy, medium, hard. And then the last 10 to 15 are medium, hard questions. So that that is always I've always really liked that. I think it makes it easier to plan. Um, they're about the same length. Both both tests are what, like three and a half hours long basically it's it's a doozy it's it's plenty of time and endurance is a is a huge part of what i what i help uh train kids to be able to do so wow if you if you grasped all that information you're an amazing auditory learner congratulations you are so incredible uh if if you want a visual representation of what i just said like i said it's on my website groveprep.com it's uh under the under the tests tab the sat act and i think for me i'm a visual person so i really i really like need to see it all written down but i have the similarities and differences there if that's helpful i have a couple of follow-up questions oh please uh first is is what is the like subjective difference between these tests? Because when I was tutoring these tests, which was a while ago, I haven't tutored the SAT or the ACT in a while, I felt like the SAT was more likely to try to trick you. And the ACT was more about like, can you do these fairly straightforward things fairly quickly? They weren't particularly tricky questions. I also found that the ACT required you to remember more stuff. Like I remember seeing like formulas for parabolic shapes and I was like, yeah, I don't remember this. I have to remember this. And, I, and there's nothing like that on the, on the SAT. Uh, there's usually just slightly tricky math problems. And if, once you figure out how to do them, like they're, they're incredibly easy. Is, is that still true? And how do your students feel about it? Yes, it is. The answer is yes. I'm so glad you put it that way. There's one other difference uh, between the two math sections. The SAT gives you a formula page. And so many of my students prefer the SAT for that reason, because it gives you the special right triangles and all of the geometry formulas and the quadratic formulas on there and the Pythagorean theorem. And I don't know, I don't actually remember if the trig identities are on there or not. I don't think so. But um, the ACT does not have those. So if you don't remember that the area of a circle is pi r squared on the ACT, uh-oh. <laughs> well, you got problems at that point. That's 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 tough. Um, but yes, so I was just I was just teaching the SAT earlier today. And yes, indeed, there were some questions where for here's an example of a trick that the SAT uh, used on this test. They changed the scale on the X axis of a graph. So it's easy to find the incorrect slope of the line. If you're counting by the little tick marks on the graph, you have to look at the actual scale that they used. And my, stu my student got it right today. I was so proud of her. I was so proud. I was like, good job. She didn't actually, she didn't actually know that's why she got it right. She, 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 did it, she did a great job, but I explained it to her and she was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, so they, that's the kind of trick stuff that we're talking about they'll the scale will be different or they'll have you solve for one variable and that will be an answer but the question is asking for the other variable so if you're not paying attention and reading the question very closely you can circle the wrong answer and that's a bummer Ooh, one one quick misconception i'd like to clear up because when i took the sat if you got an answer wrong, if you got it incorrect, they deducted one-fourth of a point. That is no longer true. Uh, that system was abolished in 2016. The SAT recent, uh, recently 
underwent a huge like redo. They 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 changed it a lot. It used to be out of 2400 it was for a bit. Like for the, at first it was out of 1600, then it was out of 2400 for a while. Now it's back to 1600. And so it's um that it it had a big change in like the the mid 20 teens and 2016 they took away that uh penalizing you for the incorrect answer so just so you know that's not true anymore in case you're wondering because so basically if you get the answer wrong nothing happens you just don't get the point that's all it is and my second question was about time pressure which one of the tests have more time pressure i remember the act having like more questions essentially for the same amount of time yes so my (laughs) the thing that's funny is all my students feel that time pressure differently (laughs) so my students who struggle with math think that any math section is too little time. <laughs> My students who struggle with reading or grammar think that whatever time they get is not enough. I I do believe that the ACT, I think what you said about the ACT is true. It The questions are a little bit more straightforward and thus they expect you to kind of whip through them a little quicker. Um, I, I see that in my teaching because... The, Like for English, punctuation, for example, they're testing something really specific. There's no room to question how to use a semicolon. It's one complete sentence on the left, one complete sentence on the right, or you can't use it. (laughs) And that is what they're testing you on. They're not trying, there's no interpretation involved. If you're a fiction writer one day, then you're allowed to use punctuation however you like because you're a poet or a fiction writer but on the act and the sat the rules are very strict for those things and the act is really sharp on what are the rules for commas what are the rules for colons what are the rules for apostrophes and semicolons all those punctuation marks the sat i think has probably maybe a couple more like interpretation questions but there are really specific and direct strategies for dealing with all of those types of questions because they the the thing that I like about standardized testing, and there are many things to dislike about standardized testing. But one of the things that I like about these tests is that they are designed so that there is a correct answer. If you you can look up in a book the rules or have someone teach you the rules for why a question is correct. And they are very diligent about there's you're you're not going to be able to argue with the test makers about why one answer is better than another answer. Sometimes it gets a little a little shady in there, but I usually it's a pretty direct like this is the right answer for this reason and that's it, which is one of the things I really like cuz it makes it clearer. I remember that the SAT math section used to have like one or two like like actually challenging math problems at the end. And so you'd have to, like, if you wanted a perfect score, uh, which some of my students did, you'd have to find really, really hard math problems. There's actually a book for that. I, I have it. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's published anymore. Just like, you know, if the, if the most difficult math problem was level five, you'd, you'd do problems that are like level six and seven. And I don't remember the, the ACT having something like that. It was just like, okay, it was slightly more difficult, slightly more difficult, but it wasn't, it wasn't tricky. It wasn't like figure out this weird combinatorics thing. Um, is that still the case? Not really, I don't think. Um, I will say that uh, I, th- this girl that I was helping with the SAT today, she just knocked those word problems out of the park. She she got them so quickly. And the re- there's some reading comprehension problems on the math sections now, on both tests, which is sort of its own thing. And so I... 
there are certain skills that are tested. For example, there's only one trig identity I've ever seen on either test, which is sine squared x plus cosine squared x equals one. And literally the problem is like, how do you simplify sine squared x plus cosine squared x over one? What does it equal? And it gives you a whole bunch of answers. And if you don't know that trig identity, you're, I don't think there, I don't know if there's a way to get that problem right unless you guess, because you just have to substitute in the one. It's one over one. So the answer is one. And my students are always like, but that's so easy. I'm like, but if you don't know it, you'll never get it. <laughs> and so, you know, there's, there's skills like systems of equations and, you know, like, like, um, all kinds of ratios and, uh, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, probability problems. All of those things there's sort of a way that the ACT and the SAT test them. And that's one of the things I like about them too, is that they're actually pretty consistent in how they test those specific skills. So you need to, for a system of equations, for example, you need to be able to find the X and the Y coordinate. And you can do that, you know, graphically with algebra, elimination, substitution, however you like. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me as the tutor. I'm like, <laughs> you pick whatever's easiest for you and, and get her done. But um, yeah, so... There, it's less about the difficulty of the problems and more about like, do you know the content knowledge that they're going to test you on? And every once in a while on the ACT, these are my, personally my favorite problems. And I know like my, all my students make fun of me because I'm like, oh, I love this problem. They're like, can't, can you love a math problem though? Can you? You can, you can. Absolutely. You can. Yes. Um, yes, you can. I'm like, oh, this is my, I love this question or I love this problem. And they're like, you're so weird. I'm like, I know. Um, and so in the last 10 problems, of the ACT, there might be some like you, you kind of you have to figure something out or like it's not just a formula. You don't just use a formula. You do need to like puzzle through it and you sort of have to be clever about how you find the answer. Um, and, and so there are some sort of logic problems like that. But it's nothing too it's nothing too crazy, in my opinion. Uh, my students who are in the IB classes or in AP classes are doing problems that are way harder than these way harder. Uh, I also like that the problems are designed for the most part. You, you should be able to complete them in less than a minute because the ACT is 60 questions in 60 minutes. And the idea is that the easy questions only take, you know, 10 to 15 seconds. And that sounds quick, but you know, when you're cruising, it's just algebra or geometry. Like you got it. It's fine. And then you can have more time to spend on the, on the harder ones at the end that you need to actually think about a little bit more. Uh, so in terms of choosing between them, one of the things I used to recommend um, is that if you don't know which one you want to take, take them both like at home on your own and look at the at these like, concordance tables and see if you happen to do way better or way worse than one of them. Like, for example, let's say you hate the science section on the ACT. There's no science section on the SAT. Right. So if you're just really bad at that one section and you don't feel like learning that stuff, take the SAT. But if it's either one, you know, then it doesn't matter. Uh, do you do you find that that's basically the method that works? Yeah. So the the SAT has the English first and the math second. The math no calculator and calculator sections are at the end. So some of my students don't like to do math at the end of a three hour test, uh, which I think is valid. And then other students of mine, don't, the science section is always the last section of the ACT, and they don't want to do that. It's basically it's not really a science section. It's a reading comprehension section with science words and some graphs, and. Uh, it, it, it's 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 actually not it, it it's not really like science. I mean, it is the science. They're science passages, but it's not. You don't have to do any experiments or anything. Um, 
And some of them really, really can't hack it. They do not want to do science reading comprehension at the end of the test. So they take the SAT instead. And that's, that's great. Here's the thing I would recommend. I do recommend what you just said. Take both. I don't recommend doing these mini tests of them. So I just don't believe that a sampling of the SAT that's maybe half an hour to an hour long or a sampling of the ACT that's like 10 problems from each section is really going to give you an idea of which test is better for you because it's just not enough. It's not enough data and the tests are marathons, man. They are so long. So I really do believe that the best way to determine just what you said, the best way to determine which test to take is to take both of them just on your own time and you can time yourself or whatever, see how you feel. But I think that it needs to be the whole test, not, not like a, a, half of one or a diagnostic that's only a partial unless maybe maybe if the diagnostic is long enough that's fine but i really believe that just taking an old sat or an old act is the best way to figure out if that's a test for you that's a really good insight i hadn't i hadn't considered that yeah because you do have these diagnostic tests but they don't really simulate the test conditions correct it's one thing to take you know like 30 minutes uh and get to some hard section at the end of 30 minutes it's very different to be like three hours and it's like oh okay now now i'm getting to the most challenging problems on this test for myself that's right and that's why the the way that i structure like a, you know weeks of lessons or months of lessons with students is that i teach them all the content knowledge first and then we start working on timing. They figure out which test they want to take. Then we just like take it easy because I also don't want to burn them out or make them hate the yes. I they they can hate me. That's fine if they show up. They're like, I can't believe it. That hasn't happened yet. But um, you know, I I don't want them to hate the process. And so it's a lot of teaching and engagement first. And then it's a lot of like, okay, kid into the sea you go <laughs> like and and you know i start them out taking a full section timed and without fail they come back to me and they're like oh my god they were like i i know that i know how to do this we have worked just not on enough it. time i just didn't have enough time i didn't get to the you know the fourth reading section or whatever and i'm like correct and so i always love i like to give kids a baseline of like the content first so that they are equipped to do it and then we work on speed because that way they already know the strategies and they already know what to do it's just about like all right let's go let's go circle that answer move on let's do it so it's uh that that has proven very effective for me um but i yeah it's taking these tests is hard it's really difficult and it if you are really practicing it can be it can be tough. It can take, it can, it takes some effort. And my most dedicated students, the ones who have a lesson a week, bring me their, bring me a full test every week, like have done their test corrections and just bring me questions that they have. They see really great improvement in their scores because they're taking it upon themselves to study and figure it out. I can teach them, but it's up to them to actually do it. I tell all the parents that too. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm going to teach your kid as best as I can. I've, I've been doing this for a very long time, but they're the ones who have to engage and decide that it's worth it for them because only then will it stick to the inside of their brains. And then it sticks. And I, it's really great to see these kids accomplish this stuff and then ask me, when am I going to use this in real life? And I'm like, next question. <laughs> never, never is the answer. Great. All right. So the takeaway is both tests are equally accepted. It doesn't really matter. And if you don't have a strong feeling about them, take both as a practice test, see which one you like and just go for it. Exactly. If, if 
standardized testing isn't for you, which is true for some people. We do have uh, another podcast episode on uh, whether test optional for college admissions actually means test optional, which is sort of its own question. So highly, if that's a question you have, highly recommend you listen to that because we go in depth about like what that means. Um, I have a student who's going test optional right now. I saw him today and he's not going to submit his scores to schools. And that's great. That's the right choice for him. So and it, it the parents know that he knows that and I know that. And so we're all on the same page about that. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, we would love to hear them. There's an email address in the show notes you can use. If there's anything you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send those ideas to us as well because we want to provide information that you'll find useful. That's our whole goal. Also, if you found this valuable, we would love it so much if you want to share it with friends of yours or people you think would benefit from it. And we would also love it if you would leave a review wherever you find your podcast because that helps us reach more people so that we can get this information to as many folks as possible. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time.